Welcome to A to Zephyr with Ryan Nauman from Zephyr. In this podcast, we help wealth managers, financial advisors, and asset managers overcome challenges in creating meaningful investor relationship experiences. We do this by introducing innovations driven by Zephyr's cutting edge technology and global financial insights. Join us for this journey where we dive into pioneering wealth management strategies as Zephyr draws from decades of experience and guest financial wizards to address the nuances of investment management. Hello and welcome to the A to Zephyr podcast with your host, Ryan Nauman. Ryan, it's good to see you again. I hope everything's going well. Bill, things are fantastic. And as always, it's always good to see you. It's good to be with you as well. You've got a guest this week on the podcast, Randy Jones, who, if you listen to the first podcast, you know, as director of product management at Zephyr. But you know, maybe you give us a little bit of background for the people who weren't with us the first time around as to what they're listening to and what they can expect. Yeah, great. Thanks, Bill. So for those who are joining us for the first time and, and may not know the benefit Zephyr offers within the wealth management industry, you know, let's start with a real high level overview. Zephyr is an investment management software that is that's used by financial advisors, wealth managers, asset managers, financial analysts, RIAs, and trust advisors. Uh, This podcast will address the many ways your peers in this industry use it. But to give you a quick look under the hood, Zephyr allows its customers to to optimize portfolios, Mm -hmm. identifying risk tolerance, ensuring compliance, evaluating performance, proposal generation, and much, much more. Now, 100% of customers create custom documents, proposals, reproposal, and fact sheets to communicate with their clients and turn prospects into clients. Yeah, uh, just a small sample of a little bit of what you do. It's It's a massive, impressive product. And I think that we should make the point here, and it's probably a good hook too, because risk is a definite factor in markets today. How does Zephyr handle risk in the markets? Yeah, that's a great question. And with Americans living longer today, they need to invest in assets with more upside potential and assume a different type of risk, drawdown or or loss of capital risk. You know, investment risk has evolved over time as investment environments have changed. And investors originally looked at risk in terms of volatility or standard deviation. In the 1990s, benchmark relative risk became a main focus. Then the financial crisis arrived. And as we know, (laughs) uh, everything changed. Drawdown risk suddenly became the most pressing issue for wealth managers to contend with. Investors who had previously asked their advisors whether they were beating a particular benchmark now found themselves asking, how much money have I lost? You know, and today, investors are faced with a growing list of concerns and unknowns. Uh, while market moves, as we know, and sell-offs happen quicker than ever. You know, Zephyr recognized this change in the investment landscape and and understood the importance of looking for investments that are better equipped to withstand this new regime 
of uncertainty in market moves. You know, in doing so, Zephyr uh, developed innovative wealth management solutions and new investment risk metrics to address the issues of this new environment. Risk is a is a real factor in the markets today, and I'm and I'm sure we're going to get into this. But as anybody who has any investments know, and anybody who's been managing investments understands, the old standard sixty forty benchmark that everybody used to go by really is not a good guidance anymore. So that demands a certain creativity, that demands a certain tolerance for risk and a certain way of managing risk. And I think that that's probably something that we're going to hear from you and from from Randy, as a matter of fact, Randy Jones, Director of Product Management. Good to see you, Randy. It's nice to see you this time. Pleasure being back, Bill. Pleasure being back, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Just to add to what Ryan was saying, you know, from the product side, I discuss risk with clients on a regular basis. And the first question is, what is risk? You know, is it investing in instruments that you don't understand? Is it assume, you know, do you focus on just volatility where you're kind of assuming that a return distribution is normal in some sense? Mm. You know, is it poor asset allocation and non-diversification or overexposed to a particular market? But when it comes down to it, it's it's what Ryan mentioned. It's losing your capital. Yeah. And as we'll talk, I guess, through the through the podcast here, as Ryan mentioned, we using drawdown and then taking that further to the pain ratio. It's not just understanding what you've lost, it's how fast did you get that back? And when, you know, how fast did you put your capital back to work? You know, you could be losing money that could be still in a loss over for two years, or you could re, re, you know, cap it in six months versus a benchmark that might take two years. So that's one of the components that we'll talk about in how fast your capital can be put back to work once you've experienced a capital loss. And then the other thing we'll focus on, uh, as with the pain index that Ryan mentioned, it has more information in it than the, the you know statistics and the metrics that our clients have used traditionally. So we'll talk about some metrics that actually have more information around your return distribution than what has been used in the past. So as part of that discussion, let's get started on it. Because, I mean, the question I think that I'll start with is why should investors focus on drawdown risk versus volatility risk that you were just talking about, Randy? Drawdown is money loss. It's a it's a capital preservation concept. Volatility, so this is a great example where, and we'll talk about this when we're constructing portfolios, our clients do screening on managers. They'll, you know, sharp ratio still one of the number one metrics where volatility as measured by standard deviation Mm -hmm. is a denominator in that metric. But let's say I had a 1% return and then a 2% return, then a 5% return, then a 1% return, then a 10% return. My standard deviation could be quite high and my sharp ratio quite low. So I may get kicked out of a search, but I lost no money in that process. Right. So managers so volatility just, just to be clear, Randy. So I'm clear the volatility that you're talking about is the volatility and the rate of return. Yes. And yeah. that's something okay. that's tracked standard deviation yeah. is is probably one of the number one metrics that our clients use. It's also used in the sharp ratio, which is another you know return per unit of risk measure that, that Ryan brought up. But you could be penalized for never losing money, uh, whether that's just perceived as a volatile fund or you get kicked out of a search because your your standard deviation was high, your sharp ratio was low, but you didn't lose yeah. any money. Maximum drawdown. And, and as we'll talk going further with our pain ratio, that is 
capital loss. So that's why we put more emphasis on those types of metrics, not just simple volatility. Volatility may not be bad. Well, no. Ryan, you want to add to that? Yeah, Randy, it was a great explanation there, you know, and through research, Zephyr recognized those flaws and volatility measures like standard deviation that Randy talked about. And Zephyr then turned its focus on ways to analyze and understand drawdown risk better. There are a couple of reasons why we believe drawdown risk should be the primary consideration when searching for an investment manager or evaluating an investment portfolio. Like Randy said, drawdown risk or or capital preservation statistics like downside deviation or Zephyr's pain index address those shortcomings of standard deviation. Like Randy said, standard deviation makes no distinction between a good or an upside deviation or Mm -hmm. the bad and downside deviations. Both upside and downside deviations have an equal influence on the calculation of standard deviation, whereas drawdown stats like downside deviation seeks to remedy this by ignoring all the good observations and by instead focusing on the bad returns. You know, for me and I think Randy and maybe you, Bill, and a lot of other investors, bad volatility or losing money is the real risk of investing. I'm not so concerned about upside volatility or the returns above a breakpoint. I actually welcome volatile returns that are above a breakpoint. If you give me 20% volatile returns on the upside, okay, I'm okay with that. Additionally, limiting investment losses is very important. We have done studies here at Zephyr that shows managers who limit their losses are able to recover quicker. And because of that, quick recovery, have more assets to participate in the recovery and exhibit better performance after the market recovers, like Randy had mentioned. On a personal note, if my returns are volatile, but their returns, not losses, I'm fine. So, you know, it it sort of begs the question in terms of you sell products to financial advisors, financial managers, registered investment advisors. What role has Zephyr played in terms of, you know, the evolution of risk and educating these wealth managers on the importance of focusing on limited da- limit, you know, limited drawdown risk? That's, it seems it would be intuitive, but. Yeah. You know, I'll let Randy start with that one, being the the director, product manager, and and then I might be able to add something there. But you would, like you said, Bill, you think it would be the first thing to come to mind is limiting drawdown risk. But I'm going to have Randy start there. And again, it's, it's education in that, you know, statistics that typically the traditional world, you know, I spent a lot of my career in the alternative space in the hedge fund market. Where maximum drawdown and drawdown and, and and downside deviation, the metrics that Brian's talking about, we're only concerned about not reaching our target return. But that has transitioned to the traditional space with advisors. So it's starting to use metrics like drawdown and pain index and omega, I'll talk about. But to the to the drawdown question, as I mentioned, there's more information in the metric. Maximum drawdown is still one of the top statistics our clients look at. That's just a period in time, right? But over time, you have multiple drawdowns. So what the pain index does, and from the the research that Zephyr did in our proprietary pain index, 
It measures the depth, the duration, and the frequency of all drawdowns, not just one. So there's more information built into the pain index metric that will be useful for selecting managers for, you know, analyzing a portfolio. Omega ratio is the same thing. We're talking about the count and scale of returns above your breakpoint relative to those below the breakpoint. So okay. if I have a, you know, my target is a 7% return, 10% return, we can analyze the probability of the upside, achieving the upside greater than the downside. Where sharp ratio has what we call two moments. It has you know, mean return and it has, you know, standard DV or the excess return and standard deviation and the sharp ratio. But as Ryan said, you know, it was standard deviation, not taking into account good and bad returns. Then we incorporate skewness. Are your returns more skewed to the left of say the, the mean or more skewed to the right? Is there kurtosis? What does the tail risk look like? Well, Omega has all four of those components in the metric. So there's just more information in the actual statistic. So whether, you know, capital preservation with maximum drawdown and pain index, if it's really measuring around your target returns using, say, Omega, there's just more information in the metric than our clients have used in the past. So that's what we try to educate them on through papers, through demos. But it really is opening their eyes to other metrics that provide more information about their return distribution than the typical, you know, standard deviation and sharp ratio. To follow up on what Randy said, the Zephyr team here, we we often tell people we want to tell, be able to help you tell your entire story, not just part of it. And what Randy, all those different statistics help um, whether you're an asset manager or wealth manager. Tell your entire story. Standard deviation, sharp ratio, return, great statistics, but they only tar- tell part of the story. Zephyr allows you in the risk metrics that are involved, um, including Zephyr, helps you tell your entire story. And Zephyr recognized that evolution of risk years ago and the importance of preserving capital during market sell-offs. So as a result, Zephyr became the industry expert in evaluating drawdown risk to help investment professionals you know, locate investment managers who exhibit superior capital preservation skills, you know, and help them create investment portfolios that can better withstand this market volatility by limiting losses through research, innovative technology, and new statistics. And again, you know, as we know, Bill, losing money is a painful experience. So we are trying to help our clients, help their clients make more informed investment decisions to limit uh, those losses. One other thing is that they're very easy to interpret. So even okay. there, there are statistics that have more information, you know, outside of the traditional metrics our clients have used. You don't have to have a PhD in statistics. They are very easy to interpret. It's just a matter of, as Ryan said, it's a more holistic view of your risk. And it's easy to interpret. So that's where we try to guide our clients, you know, when they're constructing portfolios, analyzing, you know, managers that they might invest in to implement these additional metrics for, you know, measuring risk. Yeah. Like I said, I keep saying that, that have more information in them, but they're easy to interpret and explain to people. If I can interpret them, anyone can. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm sitting here actually sitting here thinking about. It's like, you know, 
I'm I'm imagining myself in the role of a financial advisor. I'm the interface between you and that that customer, that person, my my client. You know, I I'm trying to I'm trying to grasp. I realize I may understand the backroom metrics, but my clients may not necessarily do so. You know, how is it that you are selling this product to financial managers in a practical way as well? I, everybody understands pain. Everybody understands loss. What are you telling them in order for them to sit down with clients and, and instead of speaking in what what is normal language for us, translating into English, if that makes any kind of sense? Does that? Do, what are you doing for me as a as a financial advisor, practically speaking? Well, we can we can demonstrate that if you construct portfolios using traditional metrics, which our clients right. do, they screen on the traditional metrics. And they construct portfolios on the on the metric. But then when we look into, again, the drawdown and the pain index, that could exhibit a worse picture than if they incorporated the pain index, the drawdown, and say omega type metrics when okay. they're constructing the portfolio. So where it looks like you know you have a low risk portfolio, you could certainly lose more money. If you would use additional or you know implemented additional metrics that we we promote, that actually saved you more money. So it's not always so safe when you look at the metrics that our clients could yeah. be screening on and constructing portfolios on, compared to what they if they used additional metrics, how much better that portfolio could perform and lose you know less capital. So in other words, and I'm, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth. You're basically providing a lens for tracking a manager's capital preservation tendencies or or, and or risk. We have what we promote as seven lenses at Zephyr. Performance, risk, peer, style analysis, DNA, ESG, and attribution. All of those are very powerful lenses that Zephyr provides for storytelling, for constructing portfolios. And yes, the risk lens is one of the key components, and it includes all of the conversation and topics we're talking about now in painting that picture of mitigating risk, depending on, you know, some clients are willing to take more risk. But again, if you're using more appropriate risk metrics, then you can be more rifle focused than, say, shotgun focused. So. Ryan or, or Randy, I'm not sure. It allow what you're doing. You're you're allowing financial advisors or investment advisors to create a variety of portfolios. It sounds like to me using the metrics provided by Zephyr, so that in essence you could an advisor could tailor portfolios or investment portfolios to their clients. Is that is that correct? Yeah, Bill, and that is exactly right because every one of us has a different investment objective, goals, and risk tolerances. So it's so important as a financial advisor to understand their clients and what their goals, risk risk tendencies are, and, and objectives are. So we can, you know, and with that being said, it's important to understand those different statistics as a financial advisor and what statistics or metrics should we use for specific clients, right? Mm-hmm. A very risk-adverse client should really not so much be focused on a standard deviation, but preserving capital, right? So really focus on maybe VAR, some of these other statistics. And and again, 
Know your client, because if you put a report out in front of a client, we often talk about analysis, paralysis by analysis, right? Mm. You don't want to overdo it. So show them statistics that are going to tell their story, tell your story, but not overly complicate things, right? And then keep some like Omega and some of these statistics that Randy talked about. Use those in your fun searches or your, your analysis but those might be not might not be things you want to show the client because you're just going to lose them in your in your storytelling. So what Jeff is doing is presenting a set of really dynamic investment lenses uh, to use to use your term, Randy, so that they can construct. It sounds like an endless series of of, of scenarios, possibilities, portfolios. And like I say, I, I think they're easy to interpret, but it really you know again using traditional metrics may not be in the best interest of your client. In preserving capital, in reaching your target return, implementing these other metrics, again, it, it, it's not PhD statistics level. You know, as Ryan mentioned, value at risk, conditional value at risk. There's just more information to help construct and monitor and, and build portfolios that could have a, a very positive outcome more so than just using that, you know, we see all the time using traditional metrics. Well, maybe it might be useful to talk about how Zephyr clients construct portfolios that mitigate risk and preserve their capital. Can you talk about that? Well, running running what if scenarios and hypotheticals is a is a big um, right. you know part of Zephyr. We can not only we can real first we want to drill down into the constituents, for example, of a portfolio. If you know we're liquidating position or we're going to hire a new mandate and a new manager, we will start with the screening and apply additional metrics that will you know build the best portfolio for capital preservation and or reaching our target return. We can view into the constituents of the portfolio those funds that are driving down our ability to preserve capital or reach our target return. So it starts at the constituent level, whether it's drilling down into an existing portfolio to understand how each component is either a driver or contractor of our mm -hmm. capital preservation or reaching our target return. And then we can view that at the portfolio level, but certainly through screening to construct one from scratch or screening to replace managers that will give us a better profile yeah. for capital preservation or you know mitigating risk in general. But we have thorough many ways to thoroughly drill down at the portfolio and the constituent level in the portfolio. In other words, you're offering a holistic approach, Ryan. It seems to me you've got the giant picture and you're offering a, a holistic approach to look at the entire portfolio and, and offer your clients an array of products tailored to them. Yeah, Bill, it, it's, can be, it's a very complex world right now for financial advisors because of all the different products out there, right? right? And it seems like every day there's a new product out there, whether it's now a Bitcoin ETF trying to um, hit the market. But, you know, I recently did a Zephyr study of the ETF, speaking of ETFs, the ETF TLT, which is the iShares Long Maturity Treasury ETF. And uh, it, you know, it's thought of a safer investment due to being an investment in treasuries. Mm. You look at the name, okay, <laughs> this is going to bring stability to my portfolio. Let's go ahead and invest in it for the safer stability bond section. Well, that less risky investment is currently in midst of a 45% drawdown. Or in other words, it has lost 45% 
from its most recent peak in 2020. And what might be even more shocking to many, that drawdown of TLT, which is perceived to be as a safe investment, Mm -hmm. is nearing that of the S&P 500's 51% drawdown during the great financial crisis. So think about that for a second. TLT or long treasuries are supposed to add stability to the portfolios. But that 45% loss, which is nearing the S&P 500's great financial crisis levels, uh, doesn't really give investors confidence in a perceived stable investment. It is very important to not just assume an investment will add stability based on the name of the fund or what it holds. You must look at it differently in different market regimes and use different lenses that Randy was talking about. It's important to look at all aspects of investment risk to find investment managers that work well together. That, you know, it's like baseball or football. You got to work well as a team. And as a result, reduce portfolio correlation and increase diversification. Zephyr makes this process seamless by allowing users to search for managers who limit losses better than others in-depth manager research to make sure the manager's doing what he or she says they're doing and building an optimized investment portfolio to meet the investment and risk profile objectives of the financial advisor's clients in one seamless application. That is a, that's a powerful product. I'm sorry, Randy. Did you want to well, no, no, I can say that th- this podcast is is perfect. It, this is the timing because after 2008, after every financial crisis, this becomes front and center. People start, <laughs> our clients will start asking, how do we mitigate risk? How do we protect capital? And then, you know, after 2008, we didn't hear anything. Then, you know, conversations moved to ESG and, and other type model portfolios and lots of other concepts out there. Then COVID hit, boom. Next thing we know, we're getting asked about risk mitigation again. And now after last year, here we are again. So the, the topic goes away and then comes back. So we, tr- we want to try to keep it, as Ryan said, that is a huge example of a huge loss that I don't think many folks are aware of compared to what the S&P 500 did back right. in 2008. So here we are again, we're getting more questions about mitigating risk, capital preservation, because it's front and center with everyone because it's happening. So we want to keep it going and have this implemented in all decisions that our clients make and providing these lenses in good times and bad. No, that makes perfect sense. And Ryan, that's that's a great example. We're reaching the point where uh, in this particular podcast, I think it'd be appropriate to sort of summarize everything uh, in terms of what you lay out on the table for financial analysts and, and advisors. Yeah. You know, in summary, just from our conversation here, markets and investment risk management change. So do portfolio <laughs> analytics, you know, and, and by leveraging, you know, a software investment uh, management software like Zephyr and adding drawdown analysis to your research, financial advisors now have more tools than ever at their disposal right. to select the best investment managers for their clients. So anyone listening to this podcast that wants to have a better explanation, delve into this, have a further conversation with either one of y'all or anybody at Zephyr, Ryan, how do they do that? Yeah, they can first go to our website, which is ZephyrFinancialSolutions.com. 
Again, that's ZephyrFinancialSolutions.com. We have a ton of information on there uh, about our applications, but also just thought leadership, how they use these different statistics, why are they relevant, how they use them in today's environment, when are they useful. And a lot of that is through our stat facts, which are fantastic resources that help you understand these different metrics. You can also contact us at 1-800-789-5323 or email zephyrinfo at informa.com. So uh, Google us. You can find us everywhere, Zephyr. Please reach out with any questions you may have about our application, about risk, about different metrics, and we can help you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, For those who are listening, financial advisors, maybe RIAs, financial analysts who want to know more about this, Ryan just told you how to get a hold of them. One of the things you can do immediately is just subscribe to the podcast. They'll be here to give you some advice and guidance on the products that they have to offer because, as you've heard, they are rather dynamic and sometimes dramatic tools to help you understand your portfolio and what you're doing for your client better. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We hope you found it useful and informative. And we'll see you next time. On behalf of Ryan and everybody at Zephyr Financial Services, I'm Bill Tucker, reminding you to do not wait. Live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A to Zephyr. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and be sure to check today's show notes on how you can get in touch with us. Once again, thank you for listening. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Zephyr. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.